of David, a human being on earth. All I can say is that I thank God because according to the Psalms of David, a human being on earth is allotted three score years and ten, which is 70, which I passed long ago. So mm. I always say that every day that, you know, I'm living, I'm living on Bonanza years, which I have by the grace of God. So mm. I live from day to day because even when I was infected by Kodif, I didn't panic because I thought that, you know, if my time has come, well, let that be so, you know? So I was very calm about it. I, I wasn't worried about whether I was going to die or not because, I mean, God has allotted me more than the three score years and 10, which is allotted as a human span of life on earth. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, I'm participating, for instance, as a parliamentarian. Now that we have virtual seatings, even yesterday, I attend parliament, I'm serving my country, you know, and I do so as much as my country does so. Last night, I was, I was I've been really been overwhelmed by the good wishes of South African people. I've been very touched and I can't thank them sufficiently. Last night, I almost fell off my chair. When I, I, I saw, I heard a voice, hello, I'm Joachim Chisano, former president of Mozambique. Mm. And the former president was, was phoning me. And in fact, even the Honorable Dr. Kiza, who is carrying a big burden, has, has been phoning several times. Even this morning, he phoned me. Because this morning is a very important day for us because today is the burial of Princess Helen, the daughter of Dr. Pixley Sagasame, the founder of the oldest movement in the country, the African National Congress. Now she's my first cousin because her mother was the eldest daughter of my grandfather, King Dinizul. Hmm. So we're very close. But even this morning, yesterday, His Majesty the King also phoned several times concerned about me. And yesterday, my children and the king said they didn't think that even though they know how close I was to my cousin, that I should go to a place when I don't know how many people will go to be there. And when I'm, I'm 92 years, I'm, I, I'm more frail. I've got a morbidity too. I've been suffering from diabetes for decades. So this morning, I, the, you won't believe it that the Minister of Health, Dr. Mkiza, spoke to me of almost 45 minutes on, on the phone, and he was driving to attend this funeral, which is taking place today. And he said that he had been speaking to the king in the morning, and he agrees with the king, and he agrees with my son, to two years who phoned him last night to apologize for the fact that I won't be at this historic and important funeral of my beloved first cousin today, Princess Helen. You see, that's, that's what is happening today. So. It's a day 
of, of sorrow for me today because we grew up together, you know, and I did errands for Dr. Samuel when I was doing my trick at Adams College. You know, he, he actually he had an operation on his eye and he would call for me at the palace and, and, and order me to write letters for him. And, uh, you know, so I was actually mentored by him, the very founder of the ANC. So it's a very historic day for me today when his last child is being buried. Life, a state of existence beyond human understanding. Life, beautifully designed by God Almighty to showcase His extraordinary abilities. We were created to manifest the glory of the Lord and fulfill His purpose. We were created to be happy and live according to His desires. But sometimes we experience the harsh side of reality. We pass through difficult situations that may challenge our faith. But the Bible says that in difficult times we must hold steadfast to our faith. We must believe in God's works more than ever. In difficult times, all we need is a little faith, hope, prayer and inspiration. Midnight Date seeks to encourage people to be like Job during times of tribulations. Midnight Date is a show aimed at providing restoration through spiritual education and the practical application of prayer. We walk with fellow soldiers in Christ through moments of trials. Are you going through situations that put your faith in disbalance? Why not join us today so that we can walk through this together? Okay, good morning, good morning, good morning. Night Riders, wherever you are, we welcome you. This is another episode, this is another special time. But not just any special time. I'd like to first give credit and thanks to uh, SABC for those clips and EWN. Yes, those clips were from were taken from SABC and EWN. So we're very grateful for those clips. Yeah. So today we have, without any waste of time, we have His Excellency Honorable Prince Butelezi, the former, the former president and founder of IFP. He's the founder of IFP. He's with us. He'll be chatting to us in a moment. Now go ahead and share this broadcast if you have not done so already. Better late than never. We are here. I can see all of you. I can see Sister Doki. I see you, Mama Louise. I see you, Tulufelo. I can see all of you. Go ahead and tell everybody we are live. We're giving them exactly 30 seconds, I mean, to really join. 30 seconds, exactly 30 seconds, wherever you are. Here is that opportunity to hear from the man himself who founded, founded IFP. This is His Excellency Honorable Prince Butelezi. He's the founder. He's a member of parliament, an honorable member of parliament, the former president. He's here. Whatever thoughts you have, whatever comments you have, questions, messages, you can start sending them right away using hashtag the Midnight Date Show. Send them right away. Whether those comments, questions, or messages are for IFP, remember, he's representing them. His Excellency is representing IFP. Go ahead and send them right now. We are honored, we are privileged to celebrate His Excellency, Honorable Prince Butelezi. Tonight, wherever you are in the world, 
This is one of the political parties in South Africa that has been a force. So today is the political class. Good morning, Louise. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, wherever you are. Good morning on YouTube. Good morning on Roku TV, Fire TV, whenever you see this tape. Good morning to you. May you take a leave. He said he's living on a bonanza of years. Bonanza, yes. What a legend His Excellency is. Bonanza, yes. My first question is, first question, what's his secret for long life? How do we, how do we live long as young people? How do we live long? How, how did he do it? That is my very first question. So go ahead and share this broadcast as many times as possible. This is Midnight Data, and I am Major Daughter. Yeah. <laughs> in a moment, I bring in His Excellency Honorable Prince Butenezi right here, right now on this show. Good morning, Honorable His Excellency <laughs> Prince Butenezi. Sir, we welcome you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I'm quite honored to be at your show. I feel very humbled by being part of this great show. Thanks for asking me to share these moments with your listeners. We couldn't be honored even more. His Excellency, what's your secret for long life? We see young people dying young. We see uh, death happening anyhow. I'm not, apart from what is going on right now, the, the truth is many people are dying young. How is Excellency been able, how have you been able to keep it to these years and you continue so strong, sir? Well, actually, I, I don't know. I only know that only the Almighty God knows the secret because I didn't ask for this for another years. I didn't ask to live for so long. I didn't expect to live so, for so long. You know, I've been criticized by Many people I love, including five of my children. We had eight children, but I'm only left with three of my children. All that has been very painful. In my long journey, I've had moments of sorrow as well, many moments of sorrow. So actually, only the Almighty God knows why I'm still here. I sometimes ask God, why am I still here? When, when I see my country going to pieces, as it's going to pieces now. When I see South Africa going down the drain, I say, why am I here to see this? When I saw the terrible thing that happened recently, when our people, you know, became wild and vandalized and destroyed the country, I said, God, why am I here still to see this? God, did you spare me just to see these painful things? So, I cannot, Pastor, I cannot answer the question what the secret is. I do not know. All the mighty, only the mighty God knows it. Because you know that, as I've already described, I also have a morbidity. Well, I, well I've caught you as well, and, and my age actually is against me, and, and, I, and I did not even have symptoms. I was asymptomatic and recovered without actually being admitted to any hospital. All these are God's secrets. I don't know why the Almighty does this. Why do I deserve this? Because 
why does a poor sinner like me deserve this? I can only say thanks to the Lord. We salute you, His Excellency, Prince Utelezi. Oh, that God may even preserve your life more because the country needs you, needs you so much, especially now. You have been a force. You have been a force on all areas, on all departments in this country. What do you think is the, is the, is the passion behind that? You, 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 you come in as a peacemaker. You come in as one who says, come down. Let's talk. His Excellency, what's the passion? What drives you to calm everybody down the way you do, sir? The answer, Pastor, is quite simple. If I believe in the Prince of Peace, our Lord Jesus Christ, there is no other route I can follow except to follow as much as possible in these steps. When the African National Congress was founded, in 1912, there were pastors. In fact, our, the first president of the African National Congress was a pastor who was trained in the United States, Dr. John Langarbalele Dube. He was the first president of the African National Congress. And there were pastors there. You know, this is the background of, the, of my background. So I, I grew up in that atmosphere. And I was fortunate to have a mother was a very God-fearing mother. My mother was a God-fearing person. And in fact, I, I owe the fear of the Lord. I don't fear anybody except God. There's no human being I fear except the Almighty God. Remarkable. His Excellency, I'd like our crew to bring in a tape, and which is what um, which is what has brought us to this conversation, which is what has motivated or inspired this conversation we are having with His Excellency and the, the political class, IFP. In a moment, our crew, my producer, will bring that clip. We watch it together. The Christian community has one question today. And one question only, when it comes to the church and the state, the relationship, where does IFP stand? What is the stance of IFP concerning what the church in South Africa is going through? The church in South Africa says is under attack. What is IFP saying? We are going to go right to that. They told me that the clip is ready. They will take us there in a moment. These are the scenes of what transpired on the 28th of February, 2021, this year, in a church led by a woman, led by a mother. His Excellency, this church is led by a wife of somebody. These things happen there. One question only, IFP. Honorable members, His Excellency, the we want to know, I bring this on their behalf, where does the party stand? They said the tape is ready.
to do Marikana here. We shall stand for our God. Pray, 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 pray. Pray in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. Your power, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let them go against the law. You, child of God, you are a law-abiding citizen. Pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Let our crime be prayer. Only prayer, nothing else but prayer. Let our crime be prayer, child of God. Continue to pray where you are. Continue to worship. Our crime will be worship. Worship and worship only. Let the whole world know. His Excellency, that is the leader of the church, the woman of God, thank you. dressed in white. As we come thank, say, say, thank you, Pastor. Let the Lord answer. Wolarabayandarabashika. Yeterebeleyanderiaro. Orabababababa. Goriondoria Rabashike. Londoria Rabaho. Gereberender. criminals in the streets coming to church they have left the criminals they have left the people getting killed in the streets coming to church because we are praying and they call it noise they are responding to noise our crime is to pray to you they call it noise they are shooting they are repeating Reach you, Lord. Our crime is to pray to you. They call it not, Lord. Our crime is to pray to you. They call it noise. They are shooting. They are repeating Marikana today. I believe His Excellency has seen more than enough, and our crew will leave it on while His Excellency addresses the world. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, about the incident? Yes. This incident took place I think in a church. His Excellency can go ahead. In fact, I think that for fear of repetition, with the fear of repetition, I say that South Africa is known as a country which although we don't have a state church here, that no religion is above any other religion, at least the constitution allows us to worship God as we would like to worship God. We are free to, to pray, to read the Bible, to recruit other people to, to join us 
as members of Christian congregations like the pastor's congregation in Soweto. And it, it's really something that is beyond my comprehension, how an incident of this kind could, could take place in our country. Because I don't see any act of provocation that could have warranted you know, the shooting that we had, the blood-curdling short shots that we had just now. And when we saw that human being being dragged by, by armed people drag, dragging him, you know, just in, in the most indign, undignified manner. It's, it's really something that looks like a nightmare to me. It's too difficult for me to believe. It's too difficult for my eyes to believe that this thing happened. If I wasn't seeing it, I wouldn't say that it, that it really happened. But I, I would say that we, our country owes an explanation to, to actually to the church as such. Because I would say we, especially black people of this country, we owe everything to the gospel which some missionaries brought to our country. Because even those of us who are educated, we're educated because missionaries brought the Bible to our country. Dr. Dewey, the first president of the ANC, was educated in the United States and was ordained as a pastor in the United States. Dr. Samuel, the president of the ANC, I mean the, the founder rather of the ANC, was educated in the United States. He was adopted by a missionary, Dr. Pixley. That's how we got the name Pixley. He, he was missionaries. The schools which educated our people were all creations of the church. The hospitals that you see in every part of the country, including rural areas like mine here, were all set up by the church, by missionaries of different denominations. We owe whatever enlightenment that exists now. Yes, governments over the years have, have done this and that, but the truth of the matter is that this light of enlightenment, this, this light of the gospel, is something which we owe to, to the church. And it's therefore in, unbe unbelievable and, in, and incomprehensible that in, in a country that with the background of just try to, to 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 paint to you in a few strokes that incidents that are so shameful as what we have just seen here can still take place. Really, it's it's really amazing that we've we've gone back, you know, to to this kind of of, of state in our country, where absolute barbarism such as we have seen, can still take place without anyone blinking an eyelid. I'm ashamed. I'm sad. And hope God will forgive us. And hope God will forgive those people who are molesting 
his people. And that we must learn from our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who said, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. I feel those words are ringing in my ears as I speak here, that these people who have been so brutal, this brutality we've just seen, is something really that one can never explain or justify. So it, it is correct and right for me to say, forgive them, as our Lord said on Good Friday, for they know not what they're doing. Wow, those words cut deep. His Excellency says, I'm ashamed. Forgive them. Forgive them. He says, we owe the church a huge apology. An apology. I want us Absolutely. to... Absolutely. I want us to move um, swiftly to the next clip, His Excellency. There's another one. Now crew is bringing us that one. That is a mother of many, a woman of God, a wife, His Excellency said. I heard her on this show. She says she was never read her rights. She was never told why she was arrested. Arrested without a warrant of arrested. It's amazing. Pushed. You, the, the clip says it all in a democratic country. In a time where the church feels like, His Excellency, we should be free. We should worship God. We should be treated fairly. This, these are the scenes. These are the scenes. Funny enough, when it's time for elections, we see the political class in churches campaigning. But when this incident happened, we have hardly heard from anybody. The church community has not heard from anybody. You can see it there. Your thoughts, His Excellency, there. Shocking, absolutely astounding. Shameful. Shame. In a time like this, his Excellency, Prince Utelezi, Honorable Sir, where does your party stand? What do you have to say on behalf of IFP? What can we take as a message to the Christian community, to the church? 
Our pastor, I thank you for the privilege of inviting me to, to this to your show. But as I said at the beginning, I'm completely traumatized watching these brutal scenes that are happening in my country. In a democratic country, we have one of the best constitutions in the world. And I'm, I'm ashamed that, in spite of that, that there can be sins like this. I do not, I cannot speak for my church. The church in this country has always been in the forefront of our struggle, because everyone knows where we come from. That we come from apartheid, we come from racialism, we come from segregation, you come from what some people called Christian trusteeship, which was a, a euphemism for our oppression. Everyone knows that we where we come from. But when we celebrated with our first president and my dear friend, Mr. Nelson Holisata Mandela, in 1994, we thought that our country had achieved freedom. But I think that anyone watching what has happened here in any other country would say, would say I'm mad when I'm saying that our country is free, where such sins are still taking place in our country. If the pastor was a man, it would still be brutal. But the very fact that in a country where there's gender-based violence of enormous proportions, this is happening to a, a, a pastor, a female pastor, it really sums up how backward our country still is. If this can happen to a servant of, of the Lord, and that, that and a servant of the Lord was actually a female at that, being manhandled, you know, when she's not armed with anything, being handled and being pushed into a van in the manner in which we have done. My party actually distances itself from, from this scene, and we're very ashamed. We condemn what you have, I've just seen in the strongest possible words as something that is really antichrist. Ah, oh, strong words from His Excellency. His party condemns this in the strongest terms possible. Antichrist in a democratic South Africa. Let's come to let me take His Excellency to what the church has been experiencing recently, because this is about the marriage between the church and the state. The church feels they've been discriminated and uh, uh, taken advantage of and used as a scapegoat when it comes to shutting down of uh, organizations, lockdowns, 
on highest levels, the church has been shut down many times. In your view, what or how do you think the current government should have handled the matter? And apart from that, the church is saying it appears the political parties are singing from one hymn book. His Excellency, sir, your thoughts. Well, Pastor, let me say, first of all, I've encouraged His Excellency President Ramaphosa and his, uh, what you call, his colleagues in the manner in which they've tried to handle the COVID-19 protocols. I've, I've admired that. But knowing that, of course, to as human, I would not say that everything that has been done has been in the best interest of all of us. Now, for example, I've missed going to church. I think I've not been to, to church now, except that I've had opportunities, of course, for praying, because I pray even in my house, and I've, there have been other opportunities where I, I've been able to participate in prayer. But I've... I'm very ashamed of the fact that we have not been to church because of the protocols. But I've not been judgmental about that because if this was done in the interest of saving human lives, I could not criticize it. But at the same time, I've always appreciated the irony of the fact that while I and others cannot go to church except only 50 people, that people are free to go to casinos. I find this as an anticlimax. That's all I can say. <laughs> Very interesting, His Excellency said. Now, <laughs> I don't even want to park this car here, but I'm tempted to. His Excellency, Honorable Butelezi, sir. The, 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 the community of Christians is saying the taxis, the taxi ranks, the, the retail shops are packed out to capacity. Does it mean that they're not prone to uh, catching the virus? Is the virus selective? Is the virus able to tell that when you're in church, you're in trouble? I personally have been to retail shops. I go there. It's packed. Go to your familiar stores. It's packed. Honorable sir. It's, that is absolutely true. That is what I, I say is, is an anticlimax. You know, that is something ironic, if I may say. Because exactly what you say about the packing of taxes, at, at the beginning, it was there was some control, but there was a lot of squealing that was that came from the taxi industry. And of course, I suppose uh, the, the game in which we are of, of politics is such that at times as politicians, we're tempted to play up to that gallery and to that gallery. So that is why I, I say that then you see this, uh, actually this, this ironies, this, this uh, things that actually they can, cannot be justified. You can't justify the, the taxes that are full to capacity to the fact that 
we cannot go to churches to worship God. But that is the problem of our human struggle. Yeah, somebody says the sin is, the church is seen as a super spreader. How sad. Those are just thoughts of somebody. His Excellency Honorable Prince Butalazi said, if your party was on the number one seat, given the same scenario that is playing out today, what will you do? And this is very important now. What will you do as a party in relation to the church and her activities at building the nation? Well, <clears throat> actually, as I've said, we don't have a, a state religion in South Africa. We are Muslims, we are Hindus, we belong to all sorts of uh, religions. And, and therefore, one must understand that we've got this diversity in our country. And I, I think that even those who, who believe in, in who are Muslims can complain the same way. Even the Hindus can complain the same way. But then I just do not know because, as you know, in politics, my experience is that one is dictated to mostly by by the people who support. It's the people who allow things to, hap to happen. And even in our country, I suppose, because of the, of the pandemic, our people are not surprised that they are confused. Actually, I would be rushing in where angels fear to tread, as the song said, used to say, if I said that, if I was in charge, I would do this and do that. Because at my advanced age of 92, going to turn 93 this month, mm. I've never experienced any plague or anything that, that has, uh, you know, that has struck each and every human being on the planet Earth. So I, I wouldn't really now like to pontificate because, uh, as I say, if there's confusion sometimes with those who are, who are at the helm in our country, one must understand that we have an experience of something that has never never happened in the lifetime of many of us. I don't remember, except for the plagues that took place in Egypt, in the Old Testament, when Moses released the Israelites from what you call, where there were plagues, God actually allowed plagues to take place. There has never been anything like this. So I, I would really be going too far if I say that I've wisdom that I'll do A, B, C, because the, the confusion, if, if those who are at the helm are confused by the situation, probably I'll just be as confused myself. But I, I have already expressed myself. I've already said I miss going to church. I wish I could go to church. And I've already said that it's ironic when people can go to casinos. I've also talked about the taxi industry, but I cannot do, go any further than that, because I really have no, no more wisdom about the, the pandemic itself.
even though it is coming in different shapes and variants, delta, this and that, I, I really don't know. <laughs> it would be presumptuous, I think, for me to say, if I, I was on the seat, I would do ABC. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to take, uh, the, there's a prophet, prophet Dominic Doe, his Excellency said, he just put something up. I see they'll bring it up. I want us to look at that. But now, here is one thing that I would like that, like I would like His Excellency to indulge on. Since Christianity is not the religion of the state, and none is, by the way, don't you think yeah. that uh, the Christian community will be an unbiased contributor to ensure good governance and ensuring development? His Excellency, sir? No, of course, I am biased. I, I know that the church has contributed a lot to our so-called civilization and to, to the development of the country. I know that the values of the church should be the moral bedrock of whatever we do in our country. If, if actually we're a church, where it calls which uh, was a state, state church, Christianity was a state church. Because everything that has happened, the values, family values, and all the values, you know, they had the moral bedrock of Christianity and civilization are actually church based, they are Christian values. We have, uh, His Excellency, we have Pastor Ndo, Prophet Ndo says, there is something that is, um, says there's something the ruling party is not telling the nation. Where are the rights of people? The nation is controlled by one man. Why are other parties quiet? He's asking. He says, I have been arrested. Here's someone watching the show right now participating. says, I have been arrested for praying for people and preaching. I wish I could know the charge of my arrest. It disappeared. Where there is smoke, there is fire. His Excellency, your thoughts, sir? No, I mean, such incidents are not dissimilar to what we have just been watching. The brutality that we've been watching, that at the receiving end of which the, the pastor was, was actually being attacked by the police was attacked. So in the same way, if that person says, I don't know, I've never known about that incident. The only pastors that I've had that have been medical are those that are arrested, are those that now and then we were arrested of, um, of gender-based violence and so on. That's all. I mean, that incident of, of someone who was arrested for praying, I mean, I'm only hearing about it now. I don't know where it happened. And I don't know who, how many people are aware of it or how many people in government are aware of it. And whether, in fact, uh, the people in church, like say, the South African Council of Churches, whether they are, they are aware of it, because the, the church has always been the voice of the oppressed in this country, even from time immemorial up to now. So I really can't say more than what I'm saying about it because I really don't know. I'm hearing that for the first time, just as I was seeing these brutal scenes for the first time. Wow. And His Excellency Honorable say it's shocking that the scenes you are seeing for the first time 
what you are hearing, you are hearing for the first time. This incident, this incident happened in February the 28th, to be, to be exact. And you never saw it anywhere. It was not quite reported on, because that's what tells us. And this incident is a serious matter that really took place. Now, I'll leave that. His Excellency said on Sunday the Christian community will be marching and protesting to uh, the union building. They'll be having a mass protest that has never happened before to bring their grievances. Will your party, His Excellency, be supporting that march or what message do you have for the Christian cons um, community concerning this? In our country, we've got a, a, a Bill of Rights in our country, which was a contribution of the IFP, by the way, when the Constitution was put together. We've got a, a Constitution which gives anyone free. We are proud of the Constitution because we can worship God as Christians in the manner we, we would like to worship God. Now, uh, in this case, I cannot... In fact, as a, a retired leader of the IFP, it will be out, absolutely out of order for me that just because I, I, I'm sympathetic to what is happening to, to my fellow Christians, to then say that what the party will do, because every party the, the, is the collective of the party which makes decisions. I do not know. But I assume that any member of the IFP is, who feels as strongly about these matters as I've expressed, is quite free to join that march because there is freedom of choice in the country. Yes. Well, on a lighter note, His Excellency, we are almost at the tail end. We are at the tail end of the program, but it will be an error to let His Excellency go without having a look at this. On a long career, Prince Mangosutu Butelezi leaves the Inkata Freedom Party, a political and cultural movement that he formed in the 1970s. Butelezi has few contemporaries still in politics today, but the one he holds in most regard has since died. Mpumem now looks at Butelezi's relationship with Nelson Mandela. The occasion is a photo shoot of Nelson Mandela's first post-apartheid cabinet. A typical wit is how Mangosu Tuptelezi remembers his friend and adversary. My fondest memory of Madiba is that we often joke here. You know, Madiba often said to me, we are far younger than me. And I would say, no, actually, President, you're wrong. We're the same age minus 10. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship between these two political leaders goes back many decades. Both are a product of the University of Fort Hay. Many of their contemporaries from the iconic institution would go on to become leaders of their countries. But it was the emergence of a politicized youth movement they bonded. <laughs> Uh, 
1975, Butelezi formed the Ingata Freedom Party, this with the blessing of the African National Congress, only for the relationship to later deteriorate over political differences. By all intents and purposes, this did not affect the personal relationship between Butelezi and Mandela. Some believe this was due to Butelezi consistently declining homeland independence and political deals until Mandela was released from prison and the unbanning of the ANC. The political conflict between the two parties, which went on through the 1980s up to Mandela's release and democratic elections, resulted in over 20,000 people dying. At the heat of the conflict, the two leaders met to bring an end to the bloodshed, promising to work together to promote national reconciliation. We are committed to follow any course which can bring about peace uh, generally in the country and in KwaZulu-Natal in particular. After winning the country's first democratic elections of April 1994, Mandela formed a cabinet that included a number of opposition party members, among them Butelezi to lead the Home Affairs portfolio. I called Senga to give him a hiding, <laughs> according to our tradition, because uh, he is my younger brother. <laughs> but of course I had a difficulty. Because uh, he is at the same time an important traditional leader. He is my chief and therefore my leader uh, in that regard. While the two leaders may have had mutual respect, politically they were apart. We should remember, for instance, that uh, the president at the opening of parliament actually said that he was going to take action against dangerous weapons, which is read by some people, including cultural weapons which cultural accoutrements of the Zulus. That doesn't occur well even for Mbizo. Because I cannot imagine that Zulus can go to an Mbizo without their cultural accoutrements. Deputy ministers. Whatever the differences, Mandela showed trust in Butelezi, appointing him acting president. In fact, Butelezi was the only opposition leader Mandela left to run the country. And this he did a whopping 22 times. The relationship between Nelson Holihlahla Mandela and Mangosu Tubutelezi embodied a generation that held mutual respect in high regard, no matter one's political persuasion. As one of the last remaining elders from the first democratic parliament, Butelezi never misses an opportunity to remind South Africans of Mandela's teachings. Nelson Mandela said, and I quote him, it is easy to break down and destroy the heroes are those who make peace and build, unquote. Do such relationships still exist, His Excellency, sir? I feel so sad. I feel yeah. so sad that I've, the present president of my country, His Excellency, Cyril Ramaphosa, I've said to him, in spite of COVID, we should close the wound between us. Because all of them know that Inkata was no more than a front of the African National Congress. And that was founded at the suggestion of the frontline leaders like President Kaunda, President Nyerere, and, and other Sadak leaders. Actually, with the approval of the, Mr. Tambo, who was then the leader of the ANC. So actually it was, said that 
the ANC went to Vietnam to learn how to conduct a people's war. And then they fostered that war, which was supposed to be fostered on what they thought the minority regime, the apartheid regime, was fostered on us and others. So it's, I'll be very sad if, when I close my eyes for the last time, if this wound is not closed. Wow. Wow. That's all I can say. <sighs> that cuts deep. His Excellency said. What can be done? What can anyone do? Listening to you right now to close the wounds. Is there still hope? Is there still light at the end of this tunnel? His Excellency said. I had a friend in, in London who was a South African, Sir Lawrence van der Post. And whenever I had a chat with him in his flat in London, He'd always quote R.L. Stevenson, who said, traveling in hope is better than to arrive. And I would therefore say that as long as God is on the throne, none of us who is a follower of Christ has the right to say that we should abandon hope. So one hopes against hope. In, in the hope that, you know, this message, this piercing message of, my, of this interview about the closing of the wound, that it will ring a bell on those who are at the helm because it takes two to tango. And even in the, this game of peace, one cannot do it alone. Now, without those who are in, who are in power, this will not happen. Now, the sad things, of course, as you can see, our country is in tatters now. Our country is in tatters because of divisions in the ruling party. You know that our former president is in jail. You know that the Mr. Ramaphosa himself won this election with about 200 votes only, which actually may sympathize with Mr. Ramaphosa, when he's not forthcoming, when I appeal over and over to him, let us, the two of us close the wound. Because that 200 votes shows that what is happening. And of course, it has been dramatized by the recent looting and, and vandalizing of the country. We started merely because some members of the ruling party were siding with the former president. And some, of course, were trying to uphold the rule of law. That, in my view, is the problem. And we saw chaos all around the country, especially in Gaza and the wound, the wound. May God help our country. May God help us all. His Excellency, in closing, we're at the tail end. Very, very grateful, very, very honored and privileged to have his Excellency, 
Honorable Prince Mangosi Tubutele, somebody is saying here, yeah, umtwana waga pindangene. Okay, if you can just put it up there for His Excellency to see. <laughs> Not me. His Excellency sir, is one of the viewers. Who's <laughs> Emathabatini? His Excellency is coming to us all the way from Emathabatini. If you have never been there, you can just take a tour. You won't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness i hold no merit on my own than jesus blood and righteousness on christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand. Wow. Oh, my God, my God. That was honorable. His Excellency, Prince Buteles, says, My hope is built on nothing else but on that, on Jesus Christ, the solid rock. He says he stands on Jesus Christ, the solid rock. So wherever you are, stand. He said, forgive. He said many things. He said, forgive. Forgive. Who will close the wound? Maybe one of you who's listening. Maybe one of you who's watching right now. Whoever it is, may God touch your life. And keep this country in prayer. We're thankful to IFP. We're thankful to His Excellency for honoring us with this interview. Our lives will never be the same again. The lives of those watching will never be the same again. On Christ the solid rock. We stand to all our viewers, now pastor, our partners around the world. Ah, well done.